Hey guys, welcome back to The Ferguson Show. So tonight we are going to be talking about what is this crypto thing? I'm gonna be giving an outline of what it is. Hopefully it will give you some insight if you guys are considering investing in crypto and if you're not educated on it or you don't really know too much about it, uh, hopefully this will uh, make sense by the end of this podcast if you listen all the way to the end. If you guys are interested, you can follow me on my Facebook, my Instagram, I'll drop those links in the description below, as well as my YouTube channel. And you can also visit me on the fergusonshow.com where I have uh, content and products and services you guys can check out. If you guys are interested by the end of this podcast and in investing in crypto, I will drop a referral link below to Coinbase where you can go ahead and use that exchange to get involved in it. Without further ado, we are going to get into it. Some of the things in this podcast I wanted to cover are what is crypto? When was it discovered? Who profited? Uh, the difference between coins and tokens and speaking on what social tokens are or meme coins, etc. Uh, and ultimately what I think the end and the future of crypto will be. What is crypto? Cryptocurrency. What is it exactly? A digital currency in which transactions are verified and records are maintained by a decentralized system using cryptography rather than by a centralized authority. So what that means is that cryptocurrency is essentially decentralized. Um, it does not have a central banking system like we do today. So like for instance, uh, you know, in parts of Asia, they have a central banking system, Europe does, uh, the United States does, and we usually go off of the systems when it comes to storing our currency, when it comes to taking loans out, uh, when governments are going to tax uh, individuals, a lot of the times bank records are needed with the IRS, IRS to do so, especially if there's like criminal activity and stuff like that going on. So that's, that's our typical currency system that we have right now. And most of you that are tuning, tuning in probably already know that already, but if you didn't, that's usually how you know, the centralized world works. So what decentralized does is it means that it's not backed or secured by a uh, government or a banking institution or anything that would have uh, a traditional security backing. You know, we talk about stocks um, or exchanges or stuff like that, right? Like in everyday society, like let's say M1 Finance or uh, Robinhood or Webull, et cetera. A lot of those, um, you know, exchanges are backed by, uh, you know, the company. Um, that has, you know, FDIC insurance on, you know, people who are holding different stocks and investments, etc. So cryptocurrency is it is, uh, at least with Coinbase, it is FDIC approved, unless you are hacked. <laughs> and that's the biggest kicker. And that's what usually is the biggest drawback to when you know, I explain to people, hey, invest in crypto, and they're like, well, it can get, you know, hacked easily. And I'm like, yeah, you know, you're right. And I'll explain like that whole um, stereotype of it is not all, you know, what it seems. It, it seems very scary to people and they're like, oh, I'm, I'm done. But I'm going to explain a little bit about that in a little bit. But what I just wanted to get the, the grasp knowledge and concept is that cryptocurrency is not backed by a government or banking institution. It's literally uh, just itself alone. And that's why it's so unique and why it's so different compared to, you know, traditional, uh, you know, back securities, you know, stocks, bonds, treasuries, stuff like that. When people are spending cryptocurrency, like let's say El Salvador, El Salvador recently um, ad adopted 
uh, cryptocurrency in their you know country and their society. Now they can exchange uh, coins for assets, goods, services, you know, stuff like that. And now it can process payments. So um, you know, cryptocurrency and and that's another thing is. Um, a big part of it is what's, and I'm going to get into it in a little bit, but the blockchain secures those payments and verifies that they are legitimate. And, uh, you know, if they're not legitimate, then it'll basically funnel it out and kick it back to that person. And it, the transaction will not go through. So, I mean, we have that in everyday centralized banks, you know, if we do a payment system and it, you know, we, we don't have enough money on our, debit card or credit card or what have you, it'll decline the card. So it's essentially the same thing, but there's a lot more detail with cryptocurrency because it's on a blockchain network, meaning people are actually at some point in time, and I believe you can you can actually do it now. I, I haven't dived too deep into this, but you're going to be able at some point, uh, you're going to be able to see those transactions that are declined and making sure that there's legitimacy and the illegitimate stuff that's going on on the network, you're going to be able to see both sides. That's the craziest part about crypto because of this blockchain that um, this crypto is held on, which is basically a secured network, essentially. When it's on the blockchain, it's secured. When it's not on the blockchain, then yeah, it wouldn't necessarily be secured. And there are cryptocurrencies, uh, I believe out there, because they're so new, they haven't really adopted and been placed on a blockchain network. Um, two of the, the biggest blockchains I can tell you right now would be obviously Bitcoin and Ethereum. Um, there's others out there, I'm sure. I'm just not thinking off the top of my head um, those specific ones. Um, but yeah, th those blockchains are essentially, uh, you know, uh, blocks of currencies of, of people processing different payments, whether they're investing or buying goods or services on this blockchain. Once uh, this blockchain gets filled up, then um, generally there's a new blockchain that is uh, basically created and a new blockchain, you know, is formed and more people are, you know, putting in different payments and everything else in there. The question to ask would be, what happens once that one blockchain gets filled up and a new blockchain is formed? Well, generally, uh, the once that blockchain gets filled up, that's due to the mining that goes on in between. And what mining specifically is, is basically people trying to get currency through uh, computer networks and servers that it runs off of. So I'm not a miner. I'm just a retail investor. I'm not, you know, computer was like that. I'm not on that level. I do have a buddy of mine that actually can do that though, because he's in cybersecurity. Um, but that's essentially what happens is any of the, the mining that goes on in that one blockchain, all those transactions and that processing that went on, they get um, pretty much a big portion of all those transactions and all those things being filtered in that one blockchain. That's the craziest part about it. And everybody's like, they, their jaw is dropping and, and they're like, well, no, but that benefits them. You know, they get all the, the money and all the gold and all the assets. I beg to differ um, just because, you know, when there was tons and tons of people back in 2013 that basically looked at crypto as a gimmick and as a scam, which was reasonable at the time, they looked at it as a scam. And then there were certain people, though, out of that category of people that thought of it as a scam that said, you know what, maybe this isn't a bad idea. Maybe I can just 
put in some money and see if it grows. And what happened? People actually put, you know, a couple hundred dollars at the time, or they could have bought it like literally when it was 20 cents per coin. And what happened within 2013 to 2021 today on September 19th? Between that time to today, Bitcoin is sitting at about, uh, as of this recording, 45, 46,000 compared to it being 20 cents back in 2013. So if you had bought a couple dozen or even just one Bitcoin today, one Bitcoin today and you held it, you could have made $50,000 just on that one coin. And if you bought more then shit. Actually, no, I take that back. If it's 20 cents per coin, my math's off. It wouldn't be 50,000. <laughs> it would actually be more. But why do I say this? Um, the main thing is, is because people profited without mining and being on the blockchain than just the miners that mine on the blockchain. So really both sides of the coin, people are getting paid here. And that's what people don't understand is the more mining that goes on, the more transactions that happen, the more that the, um, the actual coin or AKA the token, which I'll get into in a little bit goes up. And a lot of this too is, um, supply and demand as more people buy into it or invest or more people spend, uh, the less coins that kind of, uh, are held on this, uh, on this blockchain. So for instance, Bitcoin alone had about 21 million Bitcoins. And then I just recently looked and there's about 19 million Bitcoins left. So there's about 2 million Bitcoins that are already gone. Right. And most people are like, well, what, well, what's going to happen? Because if they're all gone, then, you know, how are we going to profit? How are we going to do all this stuff? And the simplest terms is that Bitcoin and Ethereum and all these other cryptocurrencies, they're so new that it's almost impossible for them to run out. They're going to say that it's going to run out, but inevitably you got to understand this is all computed through, uh, you know, math, uh, algorithms, uh, coordinates. I mean, all this crazy mathematical, it really comes down to math, mathematical, uh, equations that are solved and then distributed as a coin or a token. So when people are like, Oh, well, you know, we're going to run out once we're at 1 million, what are we going to do? It was at 20 million. And now we're looking 10, 20, 30 years down the line. We don't got any more. Trust me, they'll make more coins anyway. So that's going to be what a digital currency is, right? And how it's maintained the decentralization of it, uh, you know, and, and whatnot. Now I'm going to get into just a real quick thing about how it was founded. Um, and kind of, uh, you know, the blockchain itself. So here's what I got written down. So crypto was founded in 2009 by a programmer. And I put this in parentheses because it could very well be, or possibly a group of programmers under the, uh, name of Satoshi Nakamoto. Bitcoin ushered in a new age of blockchain technology and decentralized digital currencies. Bitcoin is considered to be the first crypto to ever exist, which is absolutely true. The first crypto to ever exist was created back in 09, and then it became effective in 2013. So that was about a four-year difference from 09 to 2013 when it actually became mainstream and people were actually making quite a bit of money as time went on. I believe people started to really see the full effect of it and get 
like filthy stinking rich off of it in 2014. Uh, but people were still, there was a few people in 2013 that still got it too, because they either got in on it in 2011, 2012, before it started popping off in 2013, or they got in it in 2013 and made money that same year or 2013 bleeding into 2014. They made money as well. So, uh, it's, it's pretty crazy of how, uh, you know, it, um, it kind of worked. And I think ultimately what people need to realize is that Bitcoin is, it's the granddaddy. It's the mag daddy of all cryptos. And it will, I think that and Ethereum will be the top two for me that are going to be definitely leading in the midst of all the other cryptos that are up and coming. And I mean, there's some experts out there you know, whether it's financial gurus or people on YouTube. Uh, there's a guy named Andre Jink that I listen to. He's a financial guru guru on YouTube. And he's a pretty cool guy. And he's, I would say he's very knowledgeable on Bitcoin and just uh, crypto in general. And he actually believes that Bitcoin and Ethereum will be the top two dogs amongst all the rest that are out there. So, uh, you know, I don't know. It's it's very interesting. Now, there's a uh, crypto creator. Uh, his name is Charles Hopkinson. I believe I'm I'm saying that correctly, but um, check him out. He's the owner of Cardano. Created it, and I believe it was 2015 or 2017, one of those two years. And uh, I believe it was 2015. And it's been about uh, six years now since the creation of Cardano, or Cardano. And Cardano is essentially the same. It's the same. It runs on a blockchain. It processes payments. But it also does stuff um, to do with NFTs, which are called non-fungible tokens. And it it does a lot of crazy strategic uh, things on that network as well. And um, But anyway, what uh, what Charles was saying was very, very interesting, um, specifically about Bitcoin and... uh, just cryptocurrency in that nature. And him and his colleagues actually studied Bitcoin for about since 2015, just at about six to seven years about how the network worked, who created it, um, what its potential goal and roles were going to be in the future and where the final destination is, is going to be had. And he had a very, very interesting perspective on it. And he actually believes, and this is why I put this in parentheses when I, when I was explaining the definition of when, uh, you know, crypto came to be, when it was birthed, um, he actually believes that uh, it's a group of programmers. He does not believe that Satoshi Nakamoto is one guy. Now, there's obviously uh, skeptics out there and speculative information that basically tries to say it's some old Asian guy living in Los Angeles. I'm not going to discredit that. I'm not saying he is not the guy. Um, I just, in my own personal opinion, I actually uh, side on Charles's, um, I side with Charles because the way that crypto and the way that it's built and the technology that's behind it through the blockchain, through the payments, you know, through all the, the transferring um, that you can do between sending your crypto over here to the next guy over there, using QR codes, uh, email addresses. Uh, you know, I think there's even a phone number or something you can use now, um, or at least they're going to create that. I, I just, I find it hard to believe that it's only going to be 
one guy to do it all. Based on everything that it comes down to you to create a cryptocurrency to exist in global governments, uh, economies, and societies, it just doesn't seem to me like it would be manifested through one guy. You know, that, that, that would be almost like a god you know, to be able to understand that. So I do believe that Bitcoin was created by a group of programmers and they named it Satoshi Nakamoto to throw people off and think, oh, well, you know, this one guy, Satoshi, we're all kind of like puzzled here and scratching our heads. Like, who is he? And I, I think ultimately Satoshi Nakamoto, it's, it, it's not one guy. It's inevitable. It's kind of like, how can I say it? It's kind of like just just one big lump sum of people that, you know, everybody is Satoshi, like, right? Like everybody is that person. So I that's why I think um, it, it was a group of uh, probably philosophers, too, who just have different concepts of economy and currency, and they have a different programming of how they think governments and people should work. And um, ultimately, it's just very interesting. As far as who profited, that's what I wanted to get into next. As far as who actually profited in crypto, I cannot definitively tell you like one guy at that time that, um, that profited. And I, I did some research on it the other day and I just saw, you know, a bunch of people all over that were getting, you know, millions, some, I mean, I think even made billions, but mostly millions. Um, I will tell you this. There was people at that time that got it for 20 cents a share. There were people at that time that got it for $200 a share. You know, I listened the other night to Dave Ramsey and um, Dave Ramsey had a, um, a talk show. And this was actually an old episode from December of 2020. And he had a, um, a radio talk show. And if you don't know Dave Ramsey, he's like a financial guru who gets people out of debt. But uh, anyway, I, I was listening to him and he had one guy come on and he was telling Dave about crypto and keep in mind a lot of the baby booming baby boomer generation, the baby booming people, they really despise crypto. They really don't want anything to do with it. They think it's a fuss, a gimmick, a Ponzi scheme, if you will. And they just don't really fully grasp it or understand it. And I think more so the millennials and the generation Zers and the people after them will actually understand it a lot better because a lot of us are growing up plain and simple off technology, off of, you know, uh, just different forms of communication, networking, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, etc. So we're going to be able to understand it a lot more as time progresses. It is a complicated thing. I'm not saying I'm not questioning the integrity of its complications, but I'm just saying, I think with our generation, based on us being more equipped with it, I think it's going to be harder for the 60, 70, 80 year olds to really understand it. And, um, but yeah, I, I, I think, uh, I think just to wrap that up, there was a lot of people who profited during that time. And I think now, you know, once, once crypto and a crypto, essentially like Bitcoin itself, it already is past 10 years in 09 to 9, 2019, that was 10 years, but to see its profitability, I would say right at, right at 2023. So another like year and a half, almost two years, as long as crypto doesn't take a huge, like, I, I don't know. Like I, it's, it's just at this point to say it's a scam is, is bullshit. And I'm not going to tell you guys it's a scam because I've seen its credibility and I've seen, 
you know, the history now behind it and the people that have profited. And now I'm starting to see the industry leading people come out and do interviews and actually get involved in these societies and talk about it with people. And I'm seeing countries now adopt it. So anybody that tells you that crypto is illegitimate, like a Dave Ramsey, I'm sorry, they're uneducated, they're not knowledgeable, they're ignorant, and they don't know what the hell they're talking about. So I would say, please just like, uh, disregard, disregard them on that, you know? And if you don't believe me, uh, you can check out this other guy, Raul Pal. He's a crypto expert and he's actually a little bit older. I think he's probably in his fifties. Um, I don't know if he would be considered the baby booming generation. He might be in the generation X category. I actually think the generation Xers, I think they'll be able to understand it too. Um, they would probably be the last oldest generation, but anybody after that baby boomers, forget it. And then anybody after that obviously is in their 80s or 90s. They're not going to be able to understand it. Not even people in Congress will be able to understand the full magnitude of it. I'm still learning from it. And I'm a baby at this. But I'm at least able to give some textbook definitions based off the research and hopefully uh, make it a little bit more easier to understand compared to some narratives that are out there about crypto that are almost feel like you're reading an, an encrypted message. The difference between coins and tokens. So... Coins are currencies that can be used for buying and selling things. Coin operates independently, uh, while tokens have a specific use in the project's ecosystem. So what does that mean? So Ethereum is a uh, ecosystem. It is a network that processes payments just like Bitcoin. It does a few things that are a little bit different. Um, remember when I talked about earlier the NFTs? Uh, NFTs are a big thing. So what do I mean by NFTs? So Non-fungible tokens, what are those? Those are digital assets. What are digital assets? Well, let's look at this. Digital assets are going to be music, art, uh, things of intrinsic value that are digitized, symbols even, um, meaning like it could even be just an emoji that's basically like created and put on a, a, uh, an easel, a digital easel, and then basically published for people to buy. So, I'll give you an example of this. If you go on uh, OpenSea.com, OpenSea is a platform where you can literally buy digital currencies. I'm, I'm sorry, not digital currencies, digital assets with uh, tokens or coins, if you will. I'm sorry, not, not tokens, coins only, coins. I'm losing my mind here. So coins would be the Ethereum's and the Bitcoins. Specifically, I actually on OpenSea, I've seen specifically recently more Ethereum than Bitcoin on there, but Bitcoin, I'm, I guarantee you can buy stuff through Bitcoin if you have Bitcoin as well. So instead of just buying it with the fiat currency that we have right now, which is you know your cash, your coins, your physical coins, stuff like that, dollars. Um, so Ethereum runs off this network, meaning it takes payments from... Uh, on OpenSea, it takes payments from Ethereum if you have, you know, a couple coins worth of Ethereum, or if you just have, you know, uh, coins that are fractional, because you can also buy Ethereum and fractional coins as well. It's just having one full coin, you'll profit if the if the um, the coin goes up in value as time goes on and it appreciates. But as far as payment, you know, I'm sure you can pay fractionally for some of these digital products using Ethereum. I haven't necessarily done it, so don't quote me on it. Um, that's just my concept and, and my mindset of that and just what I'm seeing and getting experienced with. Um, so yeah, 
you know, when it comes down to it, Ethereum, I think, is going to hold um, just as much value as Bitcoin because Bitcoin and Ethereum are two coins. Now, what are tokens? So with tokens, right? I'm going to give one example of this. So uh, there's a token called Shibu Inu. Uh, Inu. I believe that's how you say it. Or no, I'm sorry. Shiba Inu. Shiba Inu. <laughs> so, and we'll talk about Dogecoin too. So Shibu Inu is a new token that um, was published back in August 20th of 2020. And it was put on a lot of exchanges, uh, whether it was, um, you know, I don't think Weeble had it, but I know Gemini probably had it. Uh, I think uh, Bio... What is it called? Biofax or Bioflex or I don't know. One of those one of those crypto sites. And then Coinbase, right? Coinbase has it too. Um, so this this token essentially they call it a meme token. And this is actually the same concept as um, as uh, Dogecoin. Dogecoin is on the Bitcoin network, and now uh, Shibu Inu is actually now going to most likely be placed on the Ethereum network. And a lot of these tokens, uh, again, I'm not too knowledgeable as far as like what their end goal is going to be, but a lot of these tokens you can buy and basically get value out of them. And they're just placed on the blockchain and you can buy a lot of them and they kind of go hand in hand with the coin itself. Like if, Shibu Inu was on the Ethereum network. That means that now it's it's basically uh, how can I say it? It is like being submerged by the Ethereum coin altogether, and meaning that if Ethereum's, it's kind of like they work hand in hand. So if Ethereum's value goes up, then uh, Shibu Inu, because it's on its network, that coin will also go up as well. So Dogecoin is the same concept of Shibu Inu, except it was on the Bitcoin network. So Dogecoin was placed on that network as a token back um, in 2013 when Bitcoin became big and famous and whatever. But at that time, Doge was not even in the sense. It was like at zero, 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 zero. Like that probably sounded really weird, but yeah, it was a bunch of zeros. And even though Bitcoin started going up, it still, it didn't really have its fullest potential until uh, Bitcoin back in, I think it was 2017, 28, or no, I'm sorry. It was, <laughs> it was this year. So 2017, 2018, it was still, you know, in the cents. It didn't even reach, I don't even think one cent yet, but when 2020, 2021 came around as I think 2020, uh, Bitcoin was at about, I think it was about, uh, $35,000 for that one coin, then Dogecoin, a token, it went up in value. And again, I don't have the numbers in front of me and don't hate me if I'm, call me if I'm wrong. Um, don't hate me for it. But, um, because Bitcoin went up, the token of Doge went up. And that's why if you bought into Doge back in 2013, or if you bought it after that, all the way leading up in, into 2021, and you had a bunch of tokens, you got a lot of profit because it was on that Bitcoin network. So the same thing could be expressed with uh, Ethereum and Shibu Inu. 
is that now it's most likely going to be placed and it hasn't been announced yet, but it's most likely going to be uh, placed on the Ethereum network. Right now, if you go to Coinbase and you actually go to the coin or the token itself, it'll say it's an, it's a, um, it's a token that tries to mimic being on the Ethereum network, something like that. It, it talks about. And what I think though will happen is the creator of Ethereum, bless his heart. He is a smart man. Um, he's from Russia, by the way, I forget his name now because it's long and it's not American. <laughs> so I don't know it, but bless his heart. Shout out to him. But I think that he will adopt that at some point. And I could be wrong, but I think he will adopt uh, Shibu Inu on the Ethereum network. And if that happens, you know, with the celebrities getting in on it, just like Doge, it, this happened exactly the way Doge did. Because meme coins, you got to keep in mind too. This is another thing I want to add. Meme coins themselves are made up to be a joke. They're not made to potentially make money. But now it's, it's almost becoming a trend that it's going to start off as a joke and it's eventually going to actually become a reality that people actually can get, you know, rich off of this potentially if you hold for the long term. I'm not saying, you know, invest all your eggs in one basket with this and you're going to wake up tomorrow and be like, oh, I'm a millionaire. But I think inevitably, as long as Shibu uh, gets through its hurdles that it's going to get uh, have and get through, I think ultimately it will be placed on the Ethereum network just like, uh, you know, Dogecoin did on Bitcoin's network. And I think after that, we actually could potentially see more tokens become tokenized on these networks. And more of these tokens are going to be readily available for people to buy and to profit. Now, I'm not saying as time goes on that like everybody's going to be a millionaire in 10 years from these different tokens that could be placed on these networks. I'm just saying right now would be definitely a wise investment to at least consider. But yeah, I mean, um, tokens are things, again, placed on established networks like an Ethereum or Bitcoin, and then Bitcoin and Ethereum are just networks as a whole. But the real thing is, is that each one of these tokens that's placed on these networks, it goes hand in hand because if, one, if the, the network, meaning Ethereum goes up, that means that most likely the token is going to go up significantly in value if the network goes up significantly in, significantly in value. So just kind of, um, and do your research, please. Don't, don't take a random guy on a podcast advice. This is not advice, by the way. I'm not a financial expert. If you need to consult one, please do so. Um, I'm just expressing my opinions, thoughts, and just having fun with this stuff for you guys. But yeah, I mean, if, if you guys are, you know, if it's making you think now by this point, definitely consider it, man. Because I, about a year ago, year and a half ago, thought this shit was bullshit. And I thought, nah, bro, like, I'm just going to keep investing in my stocks, my dividends, you know, all that stuff, which is great. But, you know, ultimately, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm seeing, whoa, like, Bitcoin has like a 200% return every year. Ethereum, I think is right behind it. You know, it's a little bit less, but it's, it's every year, they're having a significant return. And again, Ethereum came out in 2015 and now it's at about we're in 2021. That's like a six year, a six to seven year uh, window right there. And then Bitcoin's up, coming up at about 10 years, eight years now, but 10 years and a year and a half to two years. So we are starting to see history here, folks. This is not a game anymore. I would say if crypto was really like not about what it was, um, I think it would have dropped off at about two to three years when it first was put on 
and, and on the market and, and, and people were actually like adopting this back then. I think a lot of people would have got ripped off and probably had lawsuits and crypto has had lawsuits, I'm sure, but not significantly enough to devalue the evaluation of the coins and tokens. The last one I wanted to kind of cover before I give my um, kind of intake on everything going on in society and, and the populace is going to be community tokens. So what are community tokens? That's like a weird word. You know, I even looked at it when I heard about it. I'm like, what the freak is this? Like, what is this, man? But I guess to narrow this down and make it really simple. So community tokens are essentially for sports. Uh, it can be for sports. It can be probably for concerts like music. And they haven't really said this. Mostly right now they have it as sports, sports events or great gatherings where you're going to support um, something to do with fame or notoriety, which they have it as sports. So if you go and participate and like Manchester United, Manchester United in the soccer realm, uh, essentially you can use the social tokens for payment, uh, to get into these events. And I actually think so, uh, these community tokens will, um, start being uh, adopted a lot more probably in the next like five to 10 years um, as we aim away from the fiat currency. And if you guys don't know what fiat, 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 wow, fiat currency is fiat currency is the currency we have now is fake money, devalued and dirty money from the government that keeps being printed that has no real value because it's just being loaned out into more and more debt that we create as a society. So when fiat currency goes away, this payment system that comes to be Ethereum, Bitcoin, and some other coins that may um, come out like Algorand, Cardano, uh, et cetera, a lot of these um, coins will adopt these systems uh, that are tokenized. And one of them is the community tokens, like I said. So if you go to a concert, a sports event, um, you know, you, you attend some type of, uh, uh, maybe even in, in politics, right. You go to some, uh, Trump rally. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. So, something like that, where it's an, an event or, or, or a sport thing or music or, uh, maybe the VMAs at the MTV stuff, uh, MTV awards. I don't freaking know something of that value. People will actually be able to use that crypto to, uh, purchase their ticket or purchase their way into getting into, um, this event that everybody is holding. Uh, you know, I, I won't go into the specifics, I guess, of what, uh, tokens are out there. There is two. Well, I guess I could tell you guys. So there's two. Um, there's one called Rally, and then the other one, because I actually just found this out literally uh, last week, but the other one, let me boot this up here. So it's Rally and Chili's. I think that's how you say it. Yeah, Chili's. And Chili's right now is trading at about 30 cents per coin. I have it about 8745 uh uh, I'm sorry, not coins, tokens. I have about 8.74 tokens of, of this. And then rally, rally, I have about 5.35 5 
uh, tokens of this as well. Um, just in those, and those are now on the um, Coinbase exchange. I can't speak for the other exchanges, but they are on the Coinbase exchange. And um, they're great tokens to potentially invest in because, again, those are going to be placed on blockchains and they might already be on the blockchains and I probably didn't even realize it. But um, these are going to be on networks, uh, you know, established networks like an Ethereum or a Bitcoin. And they are, again, going to go up in value as more of them become uh, more valuable in the future when people are going to these events. And this is going to be the form of payment. So yeah, guys, I mean, that's pretty much all I had as far as what I had written down today. And um, wow, we're already at 40 minutes here, but um, I'm going to wrap it up with this. So what do I think ultimately is going to happen as far as crypto, the future of it and our current state in 2021 of our uh, fiat currency? Well, let me tell you this. I think that our United States dollar at some point, I'm not going to say tomorrow, but I'm not going to say it couldn't happen in the least amount of time of 10 years is going to inevitably crash. You have a government right now that does not care about uh, spending, that does not care about um, anything to do with economy at this point. They've flooded people's pockets with like a raging amount of debt. it's, It's so bad. And our deficit right now is at about almost $30 trillion um, up from last year's $21 trillion. trillion. So I think inevitably, the more spending, whether it's the infrastructure bill, that's um, if this is for only listeners in America, when it comes down to this, but obviously, if other people are turning it tuning in from other sides of the world. This is for you too. Cause I think this is probably going to happen to your governments as well or something similar to it. But, um, I think with the U S government, uh, inevitably it's, it's, it's not going to be good. It's going to crash and the currency is going to crash. The system's going to fail and crash and burn because the people that are in government right now are crashing it. This is the way to do it. You know, an infrastructure bill of like several trillion dollars, stimulus checks after stimulus checks that are coming with loads and loads of debt. People aren't paying down the debt. They're just spending it um, on inflated prices. I mean, the inflation rate is so bad right now. I don't even have the percentage in front of me. I should have grabbed that. But we weren't talking about inflation. We're just talking about investing in crypto in this podcast. (laughs) But um, yeah, I think inevitably the system is going to fall fall in and cave in on itself. It's it's not going to last. And I think that the government probably already, not even probably, they are probably, they already understand that this is what's going to end up happening and they're trying to figure out, so what can we back our dollar that's so diluted with? And I actually think it's going to be digital currency. And um, I think I think a lot of people are going to be in for a shock, especially those in Congress and the Senate and and the legis- legislative and judicial branch, um, even they're going to be hit with stuff too and laws and stuff for digital currency. And, you know, the executive branch, the most, the most power, the president, right, is whatever president at, at that time is going to be looking at it like, okay, we need to uh, most likely evaporate all of our bad money into digital asset, which is going to be cryptocurrency. And, um, I think that's going to happen. 
guys. And I honestly think that we're headed in this direction. And I think the only reason why I'm really making this podcast is really for your benefit. Because honestly, I want everybody to prosper. I want everybody to grow in their wealth, their, their, their health, their wealth, their well-being in life, right? I would never want to wish uh, anybody to be broke or in debt the rest of their life, you know, but at least consider if, if you're a stock investor or you're into real estate even, um, at least consider crypto, you know, because there's people out there, the Grant Cardones of the world that are like, oh, just invest all in real estate, real estate, real estate, real estate. And um, I used to side with him and I kind of came to my own conclusions that I don't really like to listen to too many gurus anymore. They honestly just not all the time do they give accurate information and they don't really know my life and I don't really know theirs. And some of them, I don't really care to know their life because they just seem like shitty people. But this is for your benefit. This is not for me my benefit. Whatever I learn, I want to tell you guys so you guys can learn. And if you take anything away from this, great. If you don't and you think I'm a clown, that's fine. Um, No hard feelings. (laughs) But uh, we're going to wrap this up. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Um, Definitely, if you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, listening to it, you can go ahead and follow me. Um, If you do like this content, um, definitely uh, at least consider uh, joining uh, listener support. Um, when you go to my page on Anchor, it actually prompts you if, if you want to obviously, uh, you know, get like a, I think it's like one, two or $4 um, uh, a month to continue to have this podcast keep going. It donates into the equipment, the audio, getting special guests on here, etc. So it really does help out. Um, I'm not asking you guys though to donate right off the bat. You barely know me, so I don't expect that. But if you do keep coming back continually week in and week out, I will definitely, 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 um, you know, take your donation money and uh, invest it wisely so I can give you guys the best content that I can. And anybody listening, even if it's three people, I don't really give a crap. Uh, numbers for me don't really matter. It's the quality, um, of the content and the people that care so much to come back that keep fueling me to come and do this for you guys. And, um, I really, really will give you more political and business, uh, you know, tips and tricks, the stuff that I've learned and anything that can benefit me. I want to benefit you guys. Um, so I will end it with that. I hope you guys have a great evening. Uh, again, all my social all my social media, I'll link in my description below and check me out on the fergusonshow.com and I will see you guys next week. Take care. Peace.